talk, we talk, we talk Superman, and we know what's happening. We talk, we talk, we talk Superman, and we cover everything. Hi guys, Rob here with just a quick little note to remind you that this is part two of our discussion of our favourite Superman comic book stories. So if you haven't listened to part one just yet, definitely go back and check that out. Uh, as I record this, we've released our first two episodes and we've been blown away by the support of you, the listeners. Uh, some of you we know, we're so grateful to you. Others we're meeting for the very first time. We couldn't be more happy that there's people listening to the show. Thank you so much for listening. Please keep in touch, rate and review the podcast wherever you get it. Let people know about it. Let us know what we're doing right and what we're getting horribly wrong. But please go easy on Alan. Uh, in terms of stuff coming down the line, we have some really exciting interviews lined up including one with one of the creators we mentioned in last week's episode. Pretty exciting. We also have a great episode on our favorite Superman video games, which I can't wait for you guys to check out. Uh, this week, myself and Alan go head-to-head debating which is the best version of Superman's origin story in the comics. So please be sure to let us know what your favorite origin story is. Or indeed, if you have one at all, some people are sick to the back teeth of origin stories. Uh, but on that note, I'll hand it straight back to Alan. Superman Secret Origin again it's I actually only discovered today I, I always presumed that Secret Origin came first but it's actually um, Superman Brainiac came before so basically Jeff Johns Gary Frank again same team uh, did this book uh, it's an origin story Jeff Johns basically decided or was told I'm not sure to do his own origin yeah um, the, the, it, like it's interesting sorry to cut across that like there was no, no. there was a couple of years there where like you had Superman Last Son superman brainiac and then he had one or two other stories like he did a, like a legion of superheroes story and a yeah. couple of other bits and pieces and like there was all these allusions to superman's past and people were kind of scratching their heads going this doesn't really match up with any established continuity we have on the table right now like what actually is superman's origin in this jeff johns sort of world that we that we're yeah. living in right now and i think that's why dc were kind of like okay we need to do and jeff johns had already done green lantern's secret origin i think he did um he definitely did green lantern i read his green lantern rebirth um book and then he definitely did he did a secret origin and then he went on did he do did he do flashpoint I, he, I he, he, did. he did flashpoint came later but i i later. think i think he kind of established secret origin as his sort of brand of okay of the, origins the, this yeah. is me stepping in now doing the origin again and then he sort of like at the nearly the end of his Superman run, he was like, "Okay, this is the origin that yeah, that's in play like here. we had we had a couple of origins from um, the post crisis. We had the the original, obviously the the John Byrne Man of Steel origin in the books, yeah. and then uh, Superman for All Seasons kind of did a version of the origin, and then well, Birth Rite. Superman for All Seasons was John Byrne as well. That was very much the same. Ah. It lived in that same kind of thing. But then you had Birthright, um, yeah. and then that was kind of the that was kind of the canonical origin for like about yeah, 15 facto, minutes yeah. and like not very long and then jeff john stepped in and he was doing his own thing and everyone was kind of like this doesn't make sense so then finally he did secret origin and that sort of cleared everything up yeah this one came out um i think i, I can't remember how many issues it is but they they came out around 2009 2010 i think it, it kind of went from 2009 and 2010 um and you know like i really uh, 
anything that I've read of Jeff Johns, I don't know what the general consensus about him is in terms of comic book writing, but anything that I've read that he's done, I've enjoyed. You know, from Flashpoint to Rebirth to the Secret Origin and stuff, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I know he's done Batman Year One and stuff like that since, and I enjoyed that. Whoa, as well. Batman Earth One, very oh, very sorry. different. <laughs> sorry, sorry, you're right, I'm Batman Earth One. Sorry, all, sorry, sorry, sorry to Frank Miller there for. <laughs> um, uh, Batman Earth One, you know Aquaman. Like I've I've enjoyed everything. Um, but Secret Origin, it's it's my favorite. It's my favorite Superman Origin, and I don't know if we're going to come to blows over this because uh, I know Birthright is on your list, but. Uh, I, I I adore Secret Origin and again I think um if they just made a movie of it I think it would be fantastic you know I think it's it, it I it's kind of the mind boggles you now there's there are things that I would change obviously um, especially in the first um couple of books um that kind of deal with his his life in in Smallville when he's when he's young but uh, I I just think it's a great it's a great story and a, a a great origin story. It's clear, it's concise, it gets to the point. It's a great interpretation of Clark. Um, you know, I think getting Superman right. Uh, I think where a lot of people go wrong with Superman, a lot of writers go wrong with Superman, is that they don't get Clark Kent right. And I think getting Clark Kent right is the key to a good Superman story. Um, and I think he does it here. Now I know. Visually, he looks a lot like the Christopher Reeve version, and the Clark Kent is that kind of you know, um, uh, uh, buffoon is probably a strong word, but that kind of bumbling version of Clark Kent. Um, but I, I love that version of Clark Kent, and I think he updates it here really, really well, and I, I, I love it. Um, so would I get into the details a little bit about it, or, um. <laughs> I'm being conspicuously silent. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, what what I like about it is, right, so the first couple of chapters are um, about Clark as a kid, basically, in Smallville. Um, again, he, he looks like a, a younger version of Christopher Reeve, and uh, they cover him learning his different his different abilities. Um, what I like about this version, they, they pay a, a good amount of respect to the Silver Age. They don't discount it, but they kind of kind of incorporate it in in a certain way. So um, Lex Luthor lives in Smallville, um, but unlike previous versions, they're not best friends. They don't hang around every day. They have one, maybe two minor interactions. Um, and it, there's a great contrast there, a contrast there between Lex's upbringing and Clark's upbringing. Um, Lex is being raised by an alcoholic father you know there's no love there He's he, he gets beaten by the father regularly Superman, Clark Kent is surrounded by love, you know you can see the support there um, that he has um, he is playing football against his father's, against Jonathan's wishes, he injures Pete Ross and he's <coughs> devastated by the fact that he that he hurt Pete, we get an explanation to the glasses um, um, his heat vision uh, reacts or is turned on activated very similar to how it is in Smallville um, and the kind of the physical attraction to the opposite sex kind of seems to set it off and Martha makes him uh, glasses using the crystals now I don't know how she does this but basically using the crystals from um, his ship um, to to kind of harness the power of his of his heat vision so that he doesn't he doesn't hurt anybody um, he finds out that he's, you know, an extraterrestrial, that he's from another world, and he reacts as he does in a lot of uh, versions of it where he kind of freaks out. There's a lovely scene again with Jonathan um, where he says, I just want to be your son, and Jonathan is, you, you are my son, you know, it's a, a lovely scene there. 
um where it kind of goes off the rails a little bit for me and again like they do the superboy thing um which i i'm never a fan of the superboy thing um i i'm much prefer the version of superman where you know he grew up he struggled with his powers he traveled the world and then he he moves to metropolis and he decides to become a superman um they do the superboy thing in that martha makes him a suit he's embarrassed by it and he kind of goes out tries not to be seen while he's kind of saving people including lex's father um it turns out that lex has, has cut his father's brakes and to, to to kill him and claim the insurance money and superboy saves him and you know lex is angered by it now they don't know what superboy the father sees him but he's an alcoholic um, and nobody really believes him but uh, and then it kind of goes really into the silver age version where at one point the and i can see from what you said earlier on with jeff johns um he brings the legion of superheroes into it a little bit where suddenly a couple of superheroes from the year 3000 turn up and bring clark into the future and they kind of go on adventures and stuff they kind of you know they don't really show it but it's alluded to basically um i'm not a huge fan of that like i i think they if his aim was to honor the silver age and the silver age backstory i think he's done a good job of it but it's not my favorite version of it um where the comic really takes off I think is when Clark arrives in Metropolis and if you're not a fan of Silver Age um, stories I think you could literally start at that page where Clark arrives in Metropolis and from that moment on it's solid gold I absolutely love it I love everything about it um, it's a real update uh, of the uh, kind of the Superman Richard Donner version of Superman it's kind of a it's it's brought up into the the 21st century um, and it's it's the characterizations are great Metropolis is run down um, there's a, a fantastic scene where Clark gets out of a cab and he kind of bumps into a woman on the street because he's looking up at the buildings and she's like what are you doing looking up you know you're an idiot you know people in Metropolis don't look up and it's 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 reflected you know very nicely at the end where Superman exists and the same woman bumps into another guy and she's like oh it's okay you know we all look up here in metropolis you know because he's given them a hope because at the start of the book they're very run down they're very disillusioned they're very bitter um and i love i love those little character moments in it um so clark goes in he meets lois he meets everybody he goes out in assignment with her it's a great version of lois she's feisty she's strong you know um very much kind of like the terry hatcher version um uh and basically the story revolves around lex luthor uh parasite turns up metallo turns up he takes them on um there's a beautiful uh, character scene where lex has this kind of willy wonka complex where he comes out every morning and it, it's a great description of lex luthor's personality where lex luthor comes out every morning and there's flocks of people kind of standing on uh, you know outside the gates to lex yeah. corp I, d- I do like that i have to say yeah i really really like it and he kind of picks one of them to change their lives forever and every morning it's kind of an ego boost for him and every morning he goes out and he picks a person in this kind of lex corp lottery to change their lives you know kind of the sniveling masses um and there's a great turnaround at the end where you know after superman has turned up and hope is kind of restored to the city that you know he comes out and there's nobody there um there's a beautiful character moment you know he, he becomes superman there's a nice um, hom- uh, um homage to the helicopter save in uh, superman the movie it kind of uh, it's it's not the same it's a different it's a different scene basically but lois falls off the top of the LexCorp building a helicopter falls down after superman turns up and saves both of them and 
you know, they kind of bring in the Man of Steel version where, you know, people don't warm to him straight away. They're they're worried about him. You know, who who is he and what what does he want? Everybody's looking for a savior. They, you know, Lex Luthor is trying to be that savior. Superman is telling them that they don't need a savior. Um, and there's, uh, it's just, it's just so much fun to read. Um, I really, enjoy, I really think that they get Superman dead on. I think they get Clark dead on. All these little character moments, like Lois can tell. You can see how perceptive she is. She can tell from spending time with Clark that there's something, there's something <laughs> off. Like she, 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 she can see these kind of glimpses past the persona that he's putting on. Like there's a great scene where John Corbin, who obviously becomes Metallo, turns up and he's 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 kind of an abusive ex-boyfriend of Lois. Um, he's her father's. He's General Lane's first choice for Lois, and they've been on one date, and he refers to as a, refers to her as an ex, and he gets kind of physical with her in the Daily Planet, and Clark walks over and introduces himself in the way that Clark does. And there's this great panel where John Corbin shakes his hand and they kind of shoot from the hand yeah. to the f- to their faces. And obviously John Corbin is trying to be intimidating and, and, and squeeze Clark's hand. And he can't. And Clark has this kind of deadpan grin on his face. You know, you just can't read his expressions at all. And Corbin backs down and walks off. And Lois is kind of looking at him kind of go, who is this guy? Like, you know, like this guy's a trained killer. Who are you to intimidate him? Um, and I, I like that. I like those little moments. There's a beautiful scene in the book where Clark uh, flies up and kind of needs some privacy or whatever and sits on the top of the Daily Planet and he, uh, Jimmy's up there. And first of all, Clark thinks or Superman thinks that uh, Jimmy's going to jump and he runs up. He's like, don't jump, don't jump. And Jimmy's like, I'm not going to jump. And he's like, well, what are you doing up here? And Jimmy's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going home. I'm just taking one last look before I go home. My parents told me I'd never make it. And, you know, I have no job. I'm, I'm working here for free. Uh, you know, it's, it, it hasn't worked out. I have no friends. And Superman kind of turns to him and he goes, you know, I, 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 I've been thinking that maybe coming here was a mistake myself. And Jimmy's like, well, geez, if a guy who can fly can't make it, what hope do I have? And uh, Superman turns around and goes, well, you know, I don't have many friends. I'd hate to lose the one friend that I do have. And he, he goes to fly off. And then Jimmy kind of turns to him and he's like, is there any chance I could take your photo? Uh, I know you haven't kind of let people take your photo, but I'd love to take your photo. It would really get me out of a jam. And they kind of set up this relationship, this kind of Peter Parker, Spider-Man relationship. Where That's my favorite Jimmy bit. O- in the, in the yeah, movie. Jimmy basically becomes his de facto photographer and it helps Jimmy. Jimmy goes down and they've always, the running gag throughout the, the book is that everybody gets Jimmy's name wrong. And then Perry's looking at all these, you know, blurry photos of Superman. The next thing, Jimmy slaps down the photo and he's like, my name is Jimmy Olsen, yeah. you know. And it's just, this be- it's just this lovely moment. I just think they get Great. all the characters really, really well. It's bright. It's vibrant. Um, I just, I really love it. I, I think it's a great, great book. Um, I love a lot of fun with it. They, have a, they do a great version of Parasite. They depict him as this janitor that works in the Daily Planet and he kind of, he kind of suckles off Clark basically he kind of takes his lunch and uh, takes money off him and he's kind of a, a scrub basically and uh, he gets picked in the LexCorp lottery and when he goes in he, you can see his personality Lex is like oh we'll set you up with the best you know life coaches and we'll get you enrolled in you know a college program and Rudy Jones is like well however much that would cost can I just have the cash up front and not do all the courses and not do everything that needs to be done to improve my life I'll just take the cash uh, and basically he gets infected in LexCorp with the 
the runoff basically of tests that they've been doing on kryptonite and he turns into this disgusting kind of parasitic slob and superman takes him on and it's just it's a it's a great version of parasite i really really enjoyed it and they do a great job with metallo as well and john corbin as this kind of abusive kind of guy who you just know he'd be a, a horrendous husband and it's just i i just think they hit the nail on the head with everything in it and i love it i think it's a great 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 book um and it's it's self-contained you could read this book and not read anything else like if someone was like what I, i'd like to read a superman book or I, i'd like to know why you like superman i think that this is the one that i would recommend because i think it just gets the heart of the character so right um that i i, d- I couldn't recommend it highly enough <coughs> uh interesting <laughs> i uh don't feel the same way <laughs> <laughs> that's what this is all about yeah no i uh i read this when it came out and i read it again today and uh well no i read most of it again today i will say first of all that i agree that the first couple of chapters i think are the weakest part of the whole thing i, I think overall as a superman origin it just falls a little bit flat for me it falls it feels a little bit shallow it feels a little bit like jeff johns pulling his old toy box out of the cupboard dusting off his old toys and putting them in an order that he really really likes uh and and you know i i think throughout the story you mentioned all the little references i think they stick out like a sore thumb if you've watched smallville and you've watched superman the movie and you've watched even lois and clark like there's just very blatant references to all of those throughout the story and it feels almost like jeff john's playing the hits a little bit sometimes like I think there are really interesting things he does with the villains. I think Rudy Jones as the Parasite is, is, as you mentioned, is really good. I think Metallo is okay. I think they do some interesting stuff with Lex Luthor. I think the Willy Wonka stuff is is great. And I love that mm. scene with Jimmy. I think Lois is really just... it, it, it It's just this idealized, like, imaginary girlfriend that every nerdy boy who reads comics wishes he had and there's that there's that bit like within minutes of meeting clark she says to perry oh perry why don't i bring him on the city beat and show him the ropes and then like literally a page later she's saying oh you know what clark you're not what you seem you know you hold yourself in this strange way and there's clearly more to you than meets the eye and it just it just all feels a little bit not the city beat the city beat is is clearly a reference to the, the, the superman the, the movie but like yeah it, it's, yeah it's it's like they're it's like he's specifically trying to invert the and, and I, I admire that in a way like he's specifically trying to invert the you know a, a lot of versions of lois you know don't like clark initially you know yeah. she's usually like oh why have you got a chief that's my beat or in in the tv show she's like you yeah. know the hack from nowheresville or whatever whereas in this version she's specifically like oh no let's be best friends straight away immediately and i like i like the fact though that you know it's it's an attempt to kind of say look this girl is meant to be extremely intelligent she's meant to be extremely good at her job and this guy is just slouching down and putting on glasses and it's ridiculous that she can't it's kind of this idea from the 1930s that hasn't really aged well they don't know what to do with it in a lot of films they don't know what to do with it in the Zack Snyder films and I think like uh, my in my imagination in my head canon um she figures out or they like the the whole Clark Kent thing doesn't last very long that like she sees through the disguise pretty quickly 
like in, in my in my head you know within a couple of weeks a couple of months maybe she figures out or he decides to tell her because she's she's on the ball with it um and i think you need to kind of address that like no i i, I totally agree with that I, I just feel like none of the characters in this book really feel entirely real like i feel like jimmy is probably one of the few people who feels real to me like everyone else just yeah. kind of feels like a little bit of a pastiche and a little bit of a kind of like even the, the the covers kind of tell you everything you need to know about the stories in a way it's like here's your favorite versions of superman and here they are and well and and like i i don't i i should probably say as well i do think this is a good story and going back to something you said earlier on I do think that this is probably the Superman origin that I would give to someone under the age of maybe 15. Like, I, th yeah. I think I think this is probably a more classic traditional Superman origin than the one I'm about to talk about. But I just I, I, I just I disagree that it, it, it hits the characters. It, it hits the nail on the head with the characters. I, I think they're all a little bit shallow and a little bit flat and it just doesn't really hang together. And it does read like a story that Jeff Johns was told to write. That's yeah, kind of what I, I feel. I, I think that it does a good job of picking elements. Obviously, he's uh, he grew up on the Christopher Reeve um, version the way we did. And, you know, you can see that in everything. You can see it in Gary Frank's art. You can see it in the characterizations of everybody. And I, I think that he did a good job. All I know is is that I really enjoy it. It always make brings a smile to my face. Yeah. And I think that he does a good job of, of uh, picking different elements of the mythology from different versions that had been kind of done up over the last 20 years before that and bringing them all together in a way that worked now i, I can see what you're saying that it's a little bit uh, two-dimensional a bit a little bit cartoony and I, I i completely agree with that um but i really enjoy that like yeah. if if i was to go and sit in a movie theater and watch a really like the superman movie that i have in my mind it would be very similar to this. It would be bright. It would be optimistic. It would have lots of character moments. It would be fun. Um, I find a lot of the other. I find a lot of the other versions are missing that. I, I you know, I just. It's just a fun read, and I think Superman sh should be fun. And I understand what you're saying there. Like it, it's not very deep. I think you get that in the other stories, really, that are are connected to this, like the 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 one we talked about previously, the the Brainiac one, where Jonathan Kent um, passes away, and the, the little moments, like the the moment where you, you compare and contrast Jimmy's parents saying you're never going to make it, you know, you're wasting your time, to when Clark they they showed the still of when Clark was leaving and the support basically that he got from his parents, um, and his father telling that telling him that he was always proud of him. All I know is is that every time I read it, I realize that I'm suddenly realize that I'm smiling from ear to ear at yeah. certain points of it. And that and, and that that's ultimately the the job. Yeah, is, that. Right. And, I don't and I should get say as well that books. like you know, Jeff Jones, his job was as a fan, you know, write a Superman origin story. Like as a fan, if I was to write a Superman origin story. I'd probably fill it full of references to the versions of Superman I'd like. There'd be loads of Christopher Reeve in there. There'd be loads of Lois and Clark in there. There'd probably even be a bit of Smallville in there somewhere or another. And there'd be loads yeah. of references to old comics and things from the Silver Age and post-crisis and all these different things. And, you know, like, that's probably what I would do too. You know, that kind of way. So, yeah. like, yeah. it does feel like, you know, sometimes people say, oh, well, that reads like fan fiction. 
that's not always a bad thing you know like and i, I don't want to kind of yeah. shit all over it too much yeah and I, I i can completely see that point of view i can completely see that perspective of how someone can read it and go all oh, right yeah i i can I, everything you said i can completely understand that i just find that a lot of the origins a lot of the different versions i don't know i, I think they leave behind the feel and the incent the essential elements of the character I, I i don't know i just i find that this version is superman like he's the superman that i personally like um he's the version that i think like i don't like and a lot of it has to do with gary frank's art like i don't like the big bulked up over muscular version I, I i love the look of this superman i i love the way that gary frank um i think his art creates a certain amount of subtext really you know that's not such in the face dialogue there's a lot of these little moments throughout that i really really enjoyed you know the the, the facial expressions or a certain look and stuff um i just i find it to be a lot of fun and i think if you're looking for an origin story that's self-contained and that's just a fun read i think this is i think this is i don't think you can get better than this i i will disagree with one last thing and i promise we'll move on. <laughs> i don't think this is self-contained at all <laughs> i think oh, you could you could totally begging, pick this up it's begging to that you oh. read other stuff the legion of superheroes you could totally pick this up read this you start off with clark as a kid you leave with superman being superman and being looked you know being kind of you know a symbol for hope in the city the whole legion of you could not read another book is gonna you're gonna be like what what, what, what is that yeah like i've never I'll read give this you before in my life like what and I presume, look, to be honest with you, the, the Legion of Superheroes thing sticks out like a sore thumb. And it really feels to me like Jeff Johns is like, oh, I write this other book, so stick it in. And I, I think, you know, like that is something that I would definitely, if I had my way, edit out of this book. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand why it's there. I understand that it's, it's you know, to, to reference the Silver Age stuff. I don't like it. I don't like the fact. I, I'm not a huge fan of the Superboy stuff, but like, you know, like none of these books are perfect. They're, I have issues with all of them. That is my biggest issue with the Secret Origin is that whole Legion of Superhero stuff. Other than that, I will read this another 50 times because it just makes me smile. Excellent. Uh, really, really good. And like, I know I probably sounded very critical about it. I, I do like an awful lot of Secret Origin. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the, the next book I'm going to talk about, I equally i i have a lot of problems with the next book i'm going to talk about as well okay. like even though i had a lot of problems with secret origin so the next book i'm going to talk about is my favorite superman origin story it's superman birthright um it's from 2001 i believe it's written by mark wade uh, drawn by lionel f u and colored i believe by jerry Ang alan guillan and um so when you buy the trade paperback of this, it says Superman Birthright. And then immediately under Birthright, it says the origin of the Man of Steel. And I love that because it's like they're really definitively saying, no, this, this is, is the, the one. one. And, 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 and in fairness, like even two years ago, um, I, I read the solicitations. I think it was 2019, the DC 2019 solicitations where they, they, they put out this little leaflet where they tell you about all the big comics that are going to be on sale that year and the big events they're going to do and everything else. But then at the end of that, they, they always advertise kind of their best-selling graphic novels. And um, in that, like, you know, 20 years later, they still had Superman Birthright. Yeah. 
which I think is amazing. And I think they had Superman's Secret Origin in there as well, which just goes <laughs> to show that they don't really have a very firm sense of like, you know, this is the version that we're going with. It's very much kind of fluid. And and then, you know, they have Superman Earth 1, which is just a bucket of shit. Yeah, um, and we'll I, think, get to that I, another time. I think we can both agree on that. I, I hate Superman Earth 1. <laughs> anyway, so, so, so this is Superman Birthright. Uh, it was written in the early 2000s. I think it was shortly after Smallville started. Um, and yeah, so literally it is the origin of the Man of Steel. It starts on Krypton. Uh, Jor-El is, you know, doing tests, trying to figure out how he's going to be able to send his infant son to, Earth, to you know, to escape this planet that's about to explode. And they, they do this beautiful thing where they, they pace the last kind of moments of Krypton really, really well. You get a sense of, a little bit of a sense of the history of, you know, how they've gotten to the point they're at. Um, they, they don't do that thing where... You know, usually in these Krypton stories, it's like, oh, I brought it to the Science Council and the Science Council told me my theories were insane and they they threw out my and they banished me from leaving. They, they don't do any of that. They just say that he brought his theories to the council and because of like bureaucratic process or something like that, they haven't even looked at it yet. And uh, they've ignored his pleas for, you know, space arcs to let everybody flee Krypton and stuff like that. So eventually, anyway, he just moments before Krypton is about to explode, his kind of AI interface finally finds a suitable planet uh, to send Kal-El to. And we have this beautiful couple of pages. DC Comics proudly presents the story of Krypton's last son, Superman Birthright. And you see the ship kind of, you know, bounding through space similar to superman the movie it's just like zigzagging yeah, through and that's those are those are a beautiful few pages that's really well done it's, i really really like that it's, yeah. it's really and they, they bring in this element of jeopardy to it like that you see this danger that these little captions come up danger life support batteries zero nine percent zero two percent zero one percent and then finally just as it appears that the the ship is about to you know explode it lands you know and the, you see this tractor kind of you know shimmy to one side it lands safely on smallville and then we cut from the ship landing to clark catching a bullet and saving um this uh revolutionary leader in this kind of unnamed state in west africa uh so we're immediately jumping into clark kent the journalist so you know i i grew up with obviously lois and clark we've mentioned a million times mm. and then the john byrne version of superman where they establish in that that you know not only did clark kent grow up with superpowers and he grew up on smallville and he had these great parents he also traveled the world and learned about earth you know before he ever went to metropolis he like yeah. crisscrossed the globe because he was able to and he was able to you know go and learn about all these cultures that he never knew about and stuff like that and this is the first yeah. time we actually see him do that um, because in the Christopher Reeve films, I never liked that about the Christopher Reeve films. No. That that whole twelve years standing in the in the in the Fortress of Solitude element of the story. Um, I've always much preferred like that the Lois and Clark and the the birthright version where he travels the world and gets this worldly experience. Um, it's 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 a much better version. And and it is actually it it does originate from again the nineteen eighty six revamp, uh the the john byrne kind of dan jurgens all, all those writers like they they created that idea that clark like traveled the globe before he ever became superman and he learned about different cultures and different ways of being and you know different ways of doing things and and you know how humanity reacts to 
different you, you know it, it's it's just that's what that guy would do and i just i i love it and it's the first time we really see that in action like it's 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 usually just alluded to like even in the tv show like it's kind of played for laughs a lot of the time in this yeah, yeah. But we're actually seeing him in this west african country and he's dealing with this there's this underclass that are trodden upon they're, they're kind of the serving class to this rich nation and suddenly yeah. they want rights and they want to be heard and they want to have a political voice and the the rich elite are like no 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 no, no. that's not happening and they have this revolutionary guy um who is speaking on their behalf and he's saying no, no no like we deserve to be heard guys but the rich elite are sending out all these mercenaries to you know put the fear of god into them and and shoot them up and all this kind of stuff and meanwhile clark is there just reporting on all of it but when the guns show up you know clark is the man of steel so he's able to kind of do something about it and but this is his first sort of sense of not only am i different but other people are different there's class divides all over the world and it's a really yeah. it's a really kind of nice way for superman to sort of realize that and then there's so many versions of superman where jonathan kent dies and that's his grand call to action it's possibly a little bit problematic that his grand call to action is is the, the death of this west african revolutionary but i do think it's interesting that it's it's this version where um you know this man dies in his arms and he realizes i can't save everyone basically that much like he does yeah. in the movie um and then he returns to smallville and uh we get the usual thing he he talks to him about what he wants to do we find out that martha is a uh ufo uh, expert because she's i like that it, it, it kind of reminded me of kay callan a bit oh big time yeah like there, there's a huge kind of kay callan influence in martha in this um i i feel like mark wade is a lois and clark fan i'm not 100 percent sure about that but i think he is and you kind of get a little bit of sense of that like she's just she's just bursting with love for her son in this story and like you find out that she's just been obsessed with ufos her whole life because she's been trying to get more information about clark and that there's a line in it that's very similar to kevin costner's line in the man of steel movie where she says oh, you, you're you, whatever he says in that trailer it's like you are the answer clark to are we alone of the universe martha says something to that effect in this story anyway. yeah um and sorry i forgot to mention like across a lot of these stories we're doing tonight you know you're going to see a lot of similar dialogue in secret origin he says you are my son in this she says you're the missing link between man and whatever and the the thing he says about on my world it means hope that's from superman birthright and then there's another thing yeah. later on from superman all-star superman yeah like there's there's loads of you know at the end of the day it's the same story like there's different ways of telling it but they're they're all going to have these threads yeah, but, um, but david goyer the fabric. david goyer picked these specific lines from these stories yeah. like no doubt about it um so anyway that, that what what i find really interesting about superman birthright is they come up with this idea that okay you know i need to help people how am i going to do that okay i'll be superman he creates the uniform from the the blankets and the ship that's fine and then you know quite similarly to that they're like well how am i going to live a normal life they come up with the idea of clark kent and you see him go through all these different kind of potential everyday wear clothes that he'd possibly be able to wear and you see him wearing the hoodies and you know all these different things and finally they land on the the three-piece suit and the glasses and she says that you know you have these kind of otherworldly eyes and that th they're so distinctive when people see them and 
if we just put these glasses on you that they, they don't quite get rid of them but they kind of cut the color of them a little bit and it's so mm. fascinating and and then clark starts reading up on the meisner technique of acting and uh, all these different ways of i i have to say I, I thought that was ingenious because that's what clark would do he would learn how to act he would become an expert um you know he's highly intelligent he's highly you know motivated it's it's so so smart to do that yeah and he just comes up with this whole kind of nuanced method of like you know here's how i'm going to go about it and and the thing as well is like very importantly and i think this is absent from secret origin he fundamentally wants to be a journalist it's not just like the the classic George Reeves version of Superman or the the Bronze Age, Silver Age, whatever you want to call it. The reason he was a journalist in all those old versions was I need to be somewhere where I can hear about problems when they happen or some bullshit like that. In Which makes sense in the 1930s and 1940s. Sense, like, you, know, you, you don't have a phone in your pocket. In these more modern versions, it's more about like, no, I want to tell people stories. I want to hunt for the truth. And like being a journalist is as much a part of being a hero as, you know, lifting cars or whatever it is you yeah know, and and that's what i really love like he he is a journalist through and through and we see him go to the daily planet he has his interview and he he does the whole mild-mannered reporter thing and perry's like why would i hire you like you're so meek and you know i i, I could i could blow on you and you'd fall over and finally he lets the facade fall and he just says like you know that the daily planet is the fastest most reliable news service in the world Whenever a story happens, the planet gets it first and has it webbed and in print while the New York Times is still fishing for sources. Your staff is that good and I'm that good. And I'm just like, yeah, that's just pure Superman. It's just amazing. Um, so w- without going too far, so Superman eventually emerges um, and you, you get this whole sort of post 9-11 sense of fear and maybe a little bit of hostility you know in the city already and then when superman shows up a lot of people are kind of fearful of him and then you know lex Luthor is there as well and this is maybe a little bit of the the story stumbles a little bit i think in the characterization of lex Luthor. for me i think this is an excellent update of superman i think they i think they really really do update him i know you mentioned a few times at secret origin that they update him for the 21st century i think this literally is the modern version of superman for me, I think the modern version of Lex Luthor is still the post-crisis version from the 80s. I think that yeah. you don't need to update that. That That is the modern villain. Like, that exists yeah, today. We're still in that. we're still in that era where that person exists and that person is ruling, ruling the world. Like, that's it's still a yeah. threat, basically. And I think I think you're dead right there, yeah. So, in, in this story, they, they do the whole thing where Clark and Lex knew each other as teenagers. Again, this came out when Smallville was just starting. And, you know, they, they, they resurrect the whole idea that they were friends as teenagers. Lex was this, you know, really misunderstood genius. Um, he found a kindred spirit in Clark because Clark was kind of an outsider as well. And they do that whole thing. For me, it, it's, it's really, really good. It, it just doesn't really make sense how this kind of weird, misanthropic, creepy guy could become, you know the billionaire head of a, a multinational conglomerate yeah. it just never really quite sat well with me now that being said i think his plot is really interesting he basically tries to frame superman um as being you know the herald of this alien invasion and he uses kryptonian technology to create these holograms all over the city that make it look like you know these kryptonians are invading and they're they're all carrying the superman s because 
in this version of the story the the s isn't like the the the, the, Kal-El, the, the, the house of el symbol exactly it's it's not the crest of the the l family it's it's like an overall flag of you know the moral and just sect of krypton it's like something okay. to aspire to on it's like what they say in the man of steel trailer it's on my world it means hope hope yeah what it ultimately culminates in is this epic battle on the streets of metropolis superman fights a giant spider which i thought was amazing uh nice little wow. nice little nod very john to, very john peters yeah nice little nod to superman lives and um it ultimately culminates in metropolis turning on lex and siding with superman and realizing no this guy is here for us he's a force for good and um yeah i just i just i really really love it and it's like it's very good when i was when i was reading it again again the other day i was like the whole first issue is just people talking it's yeah. just clark talking to these you know people in west africa and learning what they're about and what they're doing and i'm like like even reading yeah. it when i was 11 i was like yeah this is this is the superman stories i want to read i, w- I want to read I, I like i know he's able to fly i know he's able to you know punch metallo or whatever but i just like i i like knowing all that and then reading yeah these stories about him the man i just find that more and interesting. It, it is it is like what you said there earlier on it is a great you know updating of the of the of the origin story and of the character um like i said earlier on about the secret origin um version that it was a modern um kind of take on it uh, in terms of that it was more so that it was the kind of if you brought the superman the movie elements into the 21st century but this is really a 21st century superman it really is a more uh, grounded modern day telling of the character and it, it's a it's a brilliant brilliant book and i should i should make just to that point as well like i think there has been quote-unquote modern versions of superman since then that i don't think have landed quite as well as this has because this yeah. Like this is written by Mark Wade. Like Mark Wade loves Superman the movie. Like he's very much all about the traditional. Yeah. He loves the Silver Age. Like he loves all that stuff. And there's so many kind of moments in this where even though it's a little bit darker and it's a little bit grittier and it's a little bit more kind of real, like it's still Superman. Like and there's still yeah. those kind of moments. There's a great moment where Lois and Jimmy catch Lex in the act. I can't remember specifically what happens, but jimmy's camera gets taken and then he's like oh my god my camera the chief's gonna kill me and then the camera lands in his in his lap and they look up and superman's there and superman winks at them and i'm just like that's that's christopher reeve like, yeah yeah and like there's lo- loads of little nods like the same way there is in secret origin there's loads of kind of i would argue more subtle nods <laughs> like he calls luther a disease maniac in one bit and there's a there's a couple of bits like that i i'm not a huge fan of the art of the book um i don't know i i have something about it i don't know it's it's kind of it's very angular or rough or something there's i i, I yeah. don't know why i can't really put my finger on it but it, it, I, I, it is very unconventional it's a little bit more non-traditional yeah. and the coloring is um a little bit more like that being said there is a lot of color in it but it like there, there is, there is yeah. a lot of oranges and kind of orange and like that, that sort of modern movie aesthetic where it's it's lots of bronzy kind of oranges and blues and kind of i don't know how you describe it but i i definitely hear what you're saying there about the art like it i i I do love the art of it i think it's very expressive and i think lionel you kind of draws superman in a really modern way where he looks alien but still approachable but i i could definitely like i i think gary frank is you know he draws definitely a more traditional kind of 
super absolutely yeah. absolutely and you know i can't i can't disagree with that i can't disagree with that but like you know each of us have our each of us have our preferences here when it comes to the two books um but i mean you don't have to really i mean you can like both of them like we're not saying that one is better than the other everything like our, oh i'm saying one is better than the other. <laughs> yeah well i'm saying I'm being i, I, more I neutral do like both that, of them though i i <laughs> like i would stre- I, I would stress that I would stress that very emphatically that like Secret Origin and Birthright like are so many miles ahead of Superman Earth 1 and I, I would say both of them are probably better than like as much as I do like it I I would probably put Secret Origin ahead of the John Byrne revamp as well just because the thing about the John Byrne um it it's it's really good like it, it really is it holds up well reading back over it some of the dialogue or a lot of the dialogue is quite dated now um like it has aged um but it's it's a great it's it's a it's it's as worthy an origin story as as any superman origin story and i'd highly recommend that if you haven't checked out the, the john byrne run that you that you do because you know it, it really changes the face of of, of the superman character um I think these are definitely two of the best Superman origins that you can read in 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 comic book form, uh, Birthright and, and and Secret Origin. And, and, you know and your indiv- your your individual taste will will dictate which yeah. you prefer. Obviously, it's it should be Secret Origin because that's the better one. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, <laughs> like um, one thing I I would just say as well, like again, you know, I I I swear to God in heaven that I'm not trying to make this an anti Snyder thing. Like they were very clearly trying to. You know take a lot from superman birthright in what they did in man of steel but i i think whether you like man of steel or not i one of the biggest tragedies of that movie for me is that clark kent is just randomly a journalist in the last five minutes of the film whereas yeah. in birthright he's a journalist through and through like it's it's fundamentally part of who he is that that that's that's why it will always be my favorite version is because that, that yeah. he, mark wade knows that like being a journalist isn't just this fun little action job that he has on the side yeah. of it's important being job. a superhero. It's it's genuinely it's who he is. It's part of his yeah. identity. It's you know like whereas Man of Steel just sort of tacks it on at the end when they they could have made it the crux of the whole film. And like yeah, you, because there's this huge thing of like oh how how do we make Superman relatable? How do we yeah. how do we get audiences to buy like there's your story like make him there a journalist is, yeah. like make him travel yeah. the world make him realize like at the end of the day if 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 clark wasn't superman like if he was literally kansas born clark kent he would move to metropolis to be a journalist that's who he is as a person and it's a crime when they ignore that and and sideline that mark ray did did him a great deal of justice by putting such a heavy emphasis on that part of his character and i i'll, I'll just finish that point by saying that like w- whatever direction they're taking the movies in t- uh ta Coates is on board at the moment to write the next one ta Coates is actually a journalist himself so i'm kind of i'm, I'm slightly excited by that whether or not it's going to be clark kent or calvin ellis yeah. or val zod or whatever it ends up being I, I i feel like someone who actually has that job themselves they know the the the, the importance of it and what it means and especially in the times we live in now anyway yeah. we, we won't get into that anyway. let, let's move on to the final story for tonight a story <laughs> that we we both um agree is absolutely yeah tip of the spear fantastic uh, superman i mean it it is really really good i'll i'll, I'll preface this by saying that it, it wasn't always at the top of my list just to bring you back in time a little bit um 
when they first announced that they were doing a story called All Star Superman, it, I th- I think it was marketed in a strange way. Like like if you remember back then, there was Ultimate Spider Man and uh, Ultimate X Men and this whole thing at Marvel where they were basically they created this alternate universe line of books where it was like okay we're bringing spider-man right back to the start we're rebooting it but it's this kind of safe alternate universe where anything goes and anything can happen and you don't need to worry about it because the normal comics are still going so like we can do whatever we want over here and we can change it for a modern audience but it's okay because the normal ones are still going and everyone sort of thought oh well all-star superman that's obviously what they're doing here as well and I think when the first issue came out, I was kind of like, oh, that, that's not what this is. Um, yeah. And, you know, for the first couple of issues, I was kind of like, I, th- I thought it was going to be that, that thing, but it's not. Um, but then as the series went on, and by the way, this the series, like the issues came out really, really late. Like some of the issues were like years later than they were due to come out. And, I, you know, it, it was a strange book to follow as it was coming out. But yeah. like as it went on, people were like, "Hang on a second, this is absolutely incredible!" Like some of these, yeah. like, and I think when you go back to the early issues now and you know what's coming later on, you're really, really able to appreciate just how beautiful they are and how much is just like pulsing out of every single page. And I think so. In case anybody hasn't read it, basically, it's a story whereby. Uh, Superman finds out that he is he's been overloaded with uh, solar energy from the sun and he's dying and he has a limited amount of time to complete 12 labors so 12 great missions which is convenient because it happens over 12 issues and um, he has to complete them before he dies and every issue is just this beautiful just love letter to um I suppose the Silver Age, but also like a lot of modern stuff as well. And like, you know, it's just this crazy collection of pseudoscience it's, and yeah, bonkers it's, it's, ideas. It's, and yeah, it's it, like it, it's hard to describe. Yeah. It's because uh, like my favorite versions of Superman are, are, are usually much more grounded. I'm not a massive fan of that kind of Silver Age kind of stuff. But I remember sitting down and, and, and reading them and just I was just blown away by how beautiful they were, um, how beautifully the stories were told. You know, it's just it's such a it, magical as the word. I just find it's such a magical book. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful um, uh, Superman book. I, and I, I can't recommend it highly enough. I really think it's 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 uh, as good as it gets. I, I kind of like to think of it as sort of willy wonka meets like a pixar movie meets you know and then, <laughs> and then like literally every version of superman i like is represented in some way or another whether it's yeah. it, like not necessarily in direct references or you know allusions or homages like you get in birthright or secret origin it's yeah. it's more just the general feeling you get reading the story you're like yeah this kind of reminds me of this and this kind of has the pace of that and it just but yet it's its own thing. It's it's completely it's its own thing. It's it's yeah. they it, they just tread that line so well. It's 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 remarkable. It's so it's so good. I met Grant Morrison. Um, he appeared in uh, Forbidden Planet there back. I think it was late twenty eighteen. Um, and I went up and I one of my favorite. I think it's issue six. Is a beautiful cover of one of the the books. 
um, where Superman in full Superman suit is standing in front of Jonathan Kent's grave yeah. and his cape is kind of billowing in the wind the and the crypto is, is sitting there beside him and I remember talking to it was, uh, it was in awe to meet Grant Morrison and talk to him about the book he was there he had a Green Lantern book coming out at the time and I got him to sign I, I'm fairly confident it's issue 6 of All-Star Superman and um, I'm looking at it now it that. is issue 6 yeah it is issue six, yeah, and he was telling me the story about how that writing that issue really affected him because his father had died in the very recently before he had gotten to the part of the story where they dealt with the death of Jonathan Kent, and um, it was just a lovely kind of a, a, a very brief but lovely conversation that I had with him, and he was such a grounded, down to earth man, and I was, you know, I, I remember standing there in the queue there looking to uh, queuing up to speak with him. And kind of going, you know, how does something like this come out of someone who's just, you know, he, he just looked like an average, you kind of build these people up in your mind as these kind of titans of, yeah. and he's just a normal guy, you know, in a hoodie or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's such a good, it's such a good book. Yeah. And I mean, like, like every character is just represented so well. And like, I, I, yeah. I struggle to think of a better depiction of Lois, better depiction of Lex Luthor. Like they're Lex all Luthor's so, done remarkably so good. Well. And like everybody yeah. always mentions, I mean, you and I have both spent ages tonight talking about our favorite Superman origin stories. Like the origin mm. story in this is literally a page. It's four plan, yeah. four panels, doomed planet, desperate scientists, last hope, kindly couple. Like yeah. in a way, so well done. In a way, it sort of annoys me because everybody always points to that. They're like, "That's the best Superman origin story." I'm like, "No, no, no." There's all these other great ones, <laughs> but it's also hard to argue that it's such an effective page. It's so well done, and like, yeah, Jor-El and Lara just look so tragic, and they, you can feel the loss in their faces just in that one panel. But Frank, Do you, Frank Whiteley's art is incredible in this. It is. It's it's out of this world. It's 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 beautiful, beautiful art. It's so good. And then um, similarly, like you, you can see the wonder on Jonathan and Martha's face. They're discovering him. And they're holding the kind of the cape in their fingers, and it's it's just beautiful. Like, tell me something out of out of the book. Um, like you said, there the there's you know twelve feats. Say it's almost like the the feats of Hercules or whatever. Um, do you have a favorite story in um, the book? I would say my favorite is probably issue ten. Uh, which is, um, I'm trying to call it up here. It's it's the one where we see Superman looking at this kind of cube like thing in the Fortress of Solitude and he uses his heat vision to basically create Earth in this weird universe that he has just sitting in the Fortress of Solitude. And like th throughout the comic, you see this Earth forming and it's like you see these Neanderthals roaming around and you see these philosophers like speaking on soapboxes in ancient Greece or whatever. And then in the final page of the book you see someone drawing on a page saying uh i think this is the one i this is the one that's going to change everything and it's joe schuster basically drawing the first image of superman um, it's it's uh, like I, I i'm struggling even to find a word to describe how powerful it is it's uh, immense it's so good and, and in that issue as well you have that like iconic scene where superman's flying around saving everybody you see this scene where he stops a train from crashing and a doctor says oh um regan hold on please i'll be there any second but please hold on or whatever and you see this kind of goth looking girl dropping a phone off the edge of a building yeah. and you know it's clear that she's about to jump and superman says your doctor really did get held up it never is as bad as it seems you're much stronger than you think you are trust me and he hugs her and it's like that's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful moment yeah it's a beautiful moment um i always enjoyed the story where clark is interviewing lex in the prison oh it's so good 
and, and Parasite kind of breaks out and it's you know you can't change it to Superman it's, it's I really enjoyed that um, it's such a you don't really get to see too much of Clark Kent and Lex Luthor one on one and I, I really I, I, I enjoy that a lot I love those kind of character moments and the, the, the interactions between the two between the two of them I, I took I uh, took a screenshot of that issue today actually I was reading it and um, so that the whole premise of that issue is that Clark is doing an interview with Lex and uh you know he's doing a profile on him because lex is going to the electric chair or whatever and um lex brings it back to his cell and he he goes watch how easily i make you your paper and the entire penal system seem completely unreliable and he basically brings him into a cell and he says and then the inimitable lex luther opened up the floor and shook hands with a baboon in a superman suit and he opens his (laughs) cell door and there's a baboon in a Superman suit, there. <laughs> and it's just pure crazy Grant Morrison. Like no other writer could yeah. make that work, but he just no. does with in spades, and it's just so beautifully done. Um, and the, the the end of the book, like it's it's beautifully done. There's no big kind of thing at the end where Superman suddenly figures it out and saves himself. Like he he does he does die in the end of of the story, well, and it's it's Alan. I've got something that's going to blow your mind in a second okay so the the story ends with superman flying into the sun he's converted into a being of pure energy he flies into yeah. the sun and uh he, as he's leaving he says lois lane i love you till the end of time and we see lois like tragically realizing that she's never going to see him again the last yeah. page of the story is uh jimmy saying you know lois are you ready for the memorial or whatever and she says well it's not a memorial superman isn't dead that's a headline we wrote to as a warning for people in the past or something. It's just pure nonsense, but it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and and it, it kind of ends on a tragic note. And then we see this beautiful final panel of Superman in the sun, like just pulling on this like kind of old fashioned kind of girder as if he's, you know, it, it's almost reminiscent of the sort of old Soviet kind of propaganda imagery, like, but and this is going to blow your mind. Earlier in the story, we saw a time travel story where Superman meets a quote unquote solar Superman. And he asks him, are you one of my descendants? And the solar Superman says <laughs> something like that. Okay. Okay. In 1998, prior to any of this, Grant Morrison wrote a story called DC One Million. Uh, that was where Superman learned that he was still alive 85,000 years in the future living in the sun and he meets the exact version of that he meets that solar Superman that's in all-star Superman Wow! and at the end of DC 1 million the solar Superman is reunited with Lois Lane in the far far future he bends time and space and a strand of her DNA to convert her into a being of pure energy. And they live happily ever after far into the future. And this is a story wow. that was written like eight years before All-Star Superman. And it's set in the same world. And it ends the story that hadn't been written yet. That's how much if of a you, genius you, Grant Morrison is. If you actually saw me now, uh, my head is just that emoji with my brain exploding. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. And there's a guy named Chris Sims who did a summary of it that's much better than the one I just gave. But essentially, yes, the, the, the story was completed eight years before it was ever written. And I just think that's amazing. Um, in terms of the books um, that we covered, um, have you seen the 
animated film of all-star superman uh yeah uh it's grand it's fine it's not great i i, I think it, it it kind of frank whiteley's art is such a huge part of why i enjoy the book and i think yeah. the animated movie sort of just dilutes it a lot it and and it misses the point of a lot of really key moments i think which a lot of those it, animated it's, movies it's, do. it's hard to convert it though you have to give them i think i have to give them um respect for what they attempted to do it's at least they attempted to kind of get the art right and stuff. A lot of those films, I find, um, like I, I was gutted with, actually, speaking of, of the books, um, Superman Brainiac, they made a, the animated film, DC original animated movie of it. Um, they retitled it Superman Unbound. Um, and I was gutted when I saw the ad. It was kind of this more generic style of art. They didn't make any attempt to kind of um, emulate the, the, the Gary Frank art for it. And they've done that with a lot. Now, the, 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 the Dark Knight Returns, they did a good job of trying to copy the art for that and stuff but a lot yeah. of them it's gone very generic um, but it's a hard story to tell in the space of, of an animated film I think a short animated film my friend Parker had this has a really good idea for kind of the ultimate Superman movie trilogy and it would basically you start with like the origin story so your birthright secret origin kind of thing and then you follow that up with a brainiac movie that's your chapter two and then chapter three then is all-star superman and the the 12 yeah, labors and it ends with him in the sun i'd watch that <laughs> and i i feel like the the problem with these animated movies is i i don't really think there's any point in just lifting the whole story and doing the exact same thing yeah. and and then they just change these little moments that sort of derail the whole thing altogether i don't know how you yeah, feel about yeah. it I look there are some of them that I really enjoy um yeah, I, I think they're miles ahead of the Marvel animated stuff um there's some I enjoy I I really enjoyed the Dark Knight Returns um I enjoyed Justice League Doom um I I appreciate what they're doing to be honest with you they, you know you're seeing kind of versions of books that you love they, they rely heavily on Batman to be honest yeah. I enjoyed some of the Green Lantern ones um uh, first flight and things like that and then they did the flash the, their version of flashpoint i thought was probably one of the best ones i need to watch that um, one actually i still haven't seen it yeah it's it's look it's it's not a patch on the book but it's 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 as good as a flashpoint animated film as you're going to get um, and it hits all the story beats and it does a great great job i enjoyed the all-star superman one and i appreciated the effort you know um uh, in terms of all the films that they've made i think it's at the higher end um of the ones that they've produced and actually, speaking of um, speaking of speeding bullets, uh, J.M. DeMatteis there, who wrote that um, that book, that speeding bullets, he did a wrote a version of um, Superman Red Sun, um, the the sort story, obviously where Superman lands in the USSR, and I think they did a very very good job with that one. I I, I enjoyed watching that. I saw the Death and Return of Superman. Uh, they, they did yeah. two back to back a couple of years yeah. ago. We saw them. They actually played them in the cinema. Yeah, I saw them in the cinema. Actually, my wife and a friend of mine um, went to see them, and yeah, I I, I, I preferred the death over the return. I think, but uh, yeah, I, I I would probably agree with that as well. I I th which is strange because they they already did the death. They did super, the very first one that they released in two thousand and seven was Superman Doomsday, which covered the whole Doomsday death of Superman. Now it wasn't great. They didn't do a great job of it. Um, this one was 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 better by far, but. Um, well, it, it's, it's, it's funny in a way like superman doomsday the the animation quality and the budget was clearly a lot higher but they just mm. they, they just sort of scrapped the story like the return of superman aspect of the story was completely scrapped in that version and they just did yeah. their own thing and it 
wasn't great. Like it was kind of just okay. James Marsh just played Lex and then it was really, that was interesting, but it, it was kind of a nothing story. Whereas, whereas this yeah. very closely followed the return of Superman storyline, yeah. but then they kind of crowbar dark side in at the end, which didn't really work for me. Um, but it was definitely, my favorite of the two yeah yeah and sure uh, who knows we might i might we might review one or two um, yeah well, as we'll the podcast progresses we might pick one of our favorites or so there's there's plenty there to cover so there's, there's plenty of choice there if we if we decide to touch on them going forward you know absolutely um well look in in kind of in conclusion to the the, the not all the episodes are going to be this long but i think we, <laughs> I, should, I think i should certainly hope not to to be fair, I think you need to go into these books in detail when you're you know, I mean, yeah. we covered six books. It's 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 a lot to go through and um you know, if they're books that you love, I hope it kind of brings back, you know, the reasons why you love them and you might revisit them and if you've never heard of them or never read them or you're wondering what is the one for you to jump in on, I hope that we've kind of shed some light on our favourites and where we come from and our tastes, um, when it comes to the character and stuff as well. Um is there anything else you'd like to add, Rob? Or not really? No, I and I I think most of the books we've mentioned, maybe not the Return of Superman, but definitely, definitely the other five. I think you could jump in fairly comfortably and just enjoy yourself. Um, yeah, and they can be got fairly handily. They can be got in paperback online or from your local comic book shop. I think, um, I got most of mine um from either Sub City in Dublin or or Dublin City Comic and Collectibles back in the day. Um, all my books are in storage at the moment. Um, while we build our house, um, so I just I I, I downloaded them again on on um, Comicsology. Um, I think I, I don't think I, I I think they're all in around ten euros or eight euros and that. And it uh, you know it's a it's a it's a great facility basically to if you want to read on the go or whatever i mean um, so they're all they're all available you know they're 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 out there if you want to if you want to catch up on them or that they're they're easily got yeah and secret origin and birthright and an all-star actually you could sleepwalk into a comic shop and they'd probably be there like they're 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 fairly easy to find and if you can't find them in a comic shop they'll either order them for you or you can order them online like they're they're still in print i'm pretty sure all three of those so won't be hard to find those yeah. and return to superman as well i mean if you want to read the whole trilogy, it's it's I, I think it's great. And it's just a great snapshot of how how awesome those comics were at that time. So definitely check it out. And that's all for this week's episode, guys. Remember to rate and review the show wherever you get it. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at All Star Super Fan and follow us on Twitter at All Star Super Pod. Please do get in touch. Let us know your favorite origin stories and all the other books we discussed on tonight's episode. And remember, if you need us, just look us up. Thank <laughs> you.